Welcome to the podcast. So, some cool things coming down the pipeline here uh, this week. Uh, the Boundary Battle of Alberta that uh, sees the Edmonton Oilers alumni versus Calgary Flames alumni in September, September 28th to be exact, has been sold out now, and uh, the 10 playing spots have all been filled. So what they've done is they've added a second game. So now there's a, there's they're playing a doubleheader. So they got a noon game going on now. Tickets are available. They got released on uh, Tuesday, July 30th. So I believe there's still some tickets left. They're $25 a person. If that interests you, go to lrhf.ca backslash events backslash BBOA, as in battle, uh, Border Battle of Alberta. And you can buy them right online there. Or if you're in town, go to Boundary Ford in Lloydminster. You can go in person and buy them right from Boundary Ford, where all this money is going to Project Sunrise. So it's going to a great cause, guys. 100% of the proceeds, which is made possible by Boundary Ford. The second thing that we uh, we started last week by announcing uh, who some of the alumni that were coming, coming to town to play in this game. And this week, they announced two more. So the Edmonton Oilers alumni continue to beef up. They added uh, Mark Fistrick. Fistrick. Can't even say it right. Mark Fistrick. Uh, drafted 28th overall in 2004 uh, by Dallas. He, if we remember anything about him when he played for Edmonton, he was a big, rugged defenseman. Um, I just remember him when he played for Dallas and the fight with a Calgary Flames guy where he ripped his helmet off and hit him over the head with his helmet. <laughs> Look that up. I'm not kidding you. He, he fights a guy from Flames, pulls his helmet off, and swats him across the head. I believe he got fined for that as well. Um, he played with some. He would have played with some cool guys though. Like Madano would have still been with Dallas while he was there. Uh, Brad Richards, uh, I believe James Neal, Jamie Ben, and then the year he played with the Oilers would have been uh, the year Nail Yakupov suited up for the Oilers for the first year, just to give everybody some reference. And uh, the Calgary Flames alumni, alumni continue to solidify their defense. They're adding Mike Commodore. Uh, he was drafted 42nd overall in 1999 by the New Jersey Devils. What's cool about him is he's got a tie on both sides. So he played he played for Calgary when they made their run in 2004 and lost to Tampa Bay. He was a part of that run. And then the next year he gets, well, they have the lockout, but he gets dealt to Carolina and... All Oilers fans will remember what happens that year. The Oilers go to the finals and lose to the Carolina Hurricanes, which had Mike Commodore on it. So he's got a Stanley Cup uh, ring on his finger. I'm sure that would be one heck of a guy to sit in the dressing room and talk to. And if you don't follow him on Twitter, I uh, highly suggest that he is uh, quite the colorful guy. So those are the two new guys added to the uh, alumni Oilers versus Flames border or Boundary Battle of Alberta. So uh, if you're looking to get tickets, $25 a piece. If you're looking to get in the game, that second game they added 10 new spots, so you can still get in for 1000 bucks a piece on the game. Um, so, you know, some pretty cool stuff coming there, adding in some, uh, some pretty cool guys. It would be fun to sit in the dressing room and BS with, that's for sure. Uh, a couple of shout-outs uh, this week go to uh, Darcy Matman, uh 
he uh, sent a message that said, uh, just get on your bike every day. Love it. He was talking about uh, last week's episode of Biking Across Canada in 69 Days. Uh, Evan Priest also commented on that episode saying, another great listen. Thanks for my weekly uh, road trip audio. So thanks, boys, for commenting. If you want to get a shout out on here, just uh, hit me up on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, search the Sean Newman podcast. I am all over that. So love hearing from you guys and getting your th- and getting your thoughts, feedback, that kind of thing. This week uh, on the podcast, I got two local guys, uh, Lucas Bench and Austin McDonald. Both of them played for the Lloyd Bobcats here. Uh, we talk a lot about their experiences with uh, playing with the Bobcats and and then what came after that, where they headed. Uh, and obviously Austin being from the Turtleford country and Lucas being from Marsden. And so um, I look forward to talking to these boys. I think we had a lot of fun doing it. So without further ado. All right, welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. I'm joined by Lucas Bench and Austin McDonald. Uh, a couple of junior boys who used to play for the Lloydminster Bobcats. Although, that's not where Mr. Lucas won his championship with. As I recall, I was doing play-by or color commentating that year, and you got traded out to the Spruce Grove Saints and then went on to win an AJHL championship with those guys. So there was that. Yeah, obviously I was... Uh, <laughs> to put you right on the yeah. spot. Very, <laughs> very, very fortunate. Uh we, we kind of knew heading into the season, like all, all us 20-year-olds were going to get shipped away. So um, I was fortunate enough that it wasn't some somewhere else. So I kind of got my pick of the litter. They're really good about it, and they traded me to a place I wanted to go to. And we were fortunate enough to win a championship out there with a couple other Lloyd boys. So it was it was a good time. I shouldn't have thrown you right on the spot. It's good to have you boys on the podcast. Glad you came out. Glad yeah. you reached out. Yeah, no. Yes. Yeah, uh, thanks for having us on. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'd like to point out that year you got traded. I still attest that the Bobcats. That was the most games I've ever watched the Bobcats in a season. I was doing the color commentating, so I might have been a little bit biased, but not much. And I thought you guys had a real shot at winning that year. And I was really sad uh, at the time. I understood what they were doing. Right, they're hosting the RBC the next year. So you go, yeah, they're trading off because they want to try and win the the national tournament, but. I always argue, and I don't know what your boys' thoughts are. Any chance, any time you have a chance at winning, it's hard to break up a team that has a shot at winning. No? Yeah, exactly. That's that was a tough thing. Is the year before, you know, we had a we had a pretty good run too in the playoffs and came up short to Fort Mac and kind of felt like we we're building something in Lloyd, you know, with the Bobcats. And unfortunately, that was my last year. But uh, looking forward to Lucas's twenty year there. I thought, yeah, I thought they're in pretty good. To, you know, I am pretty good. You guys were really freaking good. Yeah, yeah. Like Austin said, like those guys were such good leaders, and we we created such a good culture there in Lloydminster, and we were such a tight knit group that uh, we really started to have some success there. And I think, yeah, if if we would have been buyers at the trade deadline, I think we would really had a good shot. You know, added one one more D man or one more forward that really would have put us over the top. Like we had the goaltending and the team. It was just kind of and the talent and the talent. Yeah, we we had we we had it all. Like and and we were that was a, like that was a really close knit group. And uh, it was just too bad the circumstances of us getting RBC. Like it was yeah, exciting. The following year. It was exciting for the city of Lloydminster, but it was kind of sad for us because we were sitting second in the north at the time, and we had just come off a win against Spruce Grove as well. So I mean, we uh, 
we had it we had the team we had the talent we we believed in each other it was just kind of a yeah, tough, tough circumstances. I hate to yeah. throw that right at the start of the podcast, right? I got them all worked up now. Now he's yeah. like, now he doesn't know what's coming. I see a couple of tears yeah. falling down. Right now. <laughs> yeah, still, still a touchy subject, apparently. Well, boys, with with hockey guys, I love to go to the start. I got a young kid, and so I'm always curious how everybody got their start because maybe I can take some of your wisdom and impart it on my fathering. So did you guys start playing hockey right at a young age? Yeah, I probably started skating when I was three or so, and then, yeah, I started actually playing games when I was five, I think, so it's probably pretty common for a lot of, you know, a lot of people small town like this, but... Well, you grew up in Turtleford, correct? Yeah. yeah. So did you, uh, was Turtleford, like, right in the town or on a farm out by Turtleford? Um, so I grew up, yeah, up until, I guess, middle school, I was living right in town, so I was nice, I'm, I was a stone throw away from the rink, so we'd always be over there, myself and my three brothers would be at the rank as much as we could and yeah we loved it and that was a unique uh, little twist on this i didn't know until i started you both sent your questionnaires back you're both from families of four boys correct yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's pretty pretty exciting i'd say <laughs> yeah pretty uh, yeah, pretty was, chaotic growing up I'm yeah assuming, for both of us so. how how uh, how close were your brothers austin um, uh, like ages, sorry. Ages. Yeah, so Justin's the oldest. He's a year older than myself. I don't know if we can uh, mention Justin's name on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some, some bad blood there. but uh, Not really. But no, yeah. I should point out, there's no bad blood. Yeah. He stood on his bloody head in the finals. He played He played very well. Yeah, that's right. And I he got the last like... laugh because in the regular season, we lit his world on fire, but he had only half a team in front of him, right? We all walked yeah. out, yeah. yeah. And then in the finals, he went... Uh, well, Bennington or Bennington on us. Yeah, yeah. Right? No, I heard. Yeah, I he was able the door. to see in those games, but uh, yeah, I guess it's a hard, hard-fought series. So that's uh, I guess that's all you can ask for, right? That's right. But Sorry. yeah, I guess like Justin's the oldest. He's a year older than myself, and then Karsten, he's the youngest. And there's a six-year gap between, between the four of you. Yeah, between the four of us. Whew. Yeah, that's tight. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. pumping them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's small army. How about you, Lucas? Yeah. That- we're pretty similar, like pretty much identical. Like I'm the oldest and then uh, just kind of two years apart from me and my brother and then uh, another year apart from my brother and uh, Caleb and then the youngest is seven years younger than me, Jacob. He's So he's just graduating this year. So so seven-year difference between all of you? Yeah, yeah, seven years, yeah. Seven and six. Yeah. And did you uh, – you grew up in Marsden, Marsden yeah. country, farming? Yeah, so we grew up like – Directly straight south of Lloydminster, we live right on the border. Marsden's obviously where we get our mail because our household's on the Saskatchewan side. But okay, we yeah. live right on the border there. So my grandpa was a big Charlet guy, so we were cattle guys growing oh, up. Oh, yeah, and then, cattle guys, yeah. yeah. And then we kind of... Your uh, pops is loving this rain right now, then. Yeah, well, we we kind of phased out of it, and then now we're starting to get a little bit back into it again. So, oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, you betcha. So I grew up with three older brothers and older sister. Oh, yeah. And I know for a fact, I was the youngest. I was complete opposite of you guys. I know for a fact that helped me, though, with getting better at sports because I was always playing uh, people who were way better. I remember going out and playing shinny with my brothers, and my oldest brother's 10 years older than me, and oh. he did never he never took it easy on any of us, right? But that's that's all right. As a young kid, you got to learn to compete with that. Um, having younger brothers or brothers all very similar age, I'm assuming you guys played a lot of sports against each other, a lot of competitive sports. Yeah, no, I get kind of started. Yeah, like like you said, like just competing against each other and uh, like right from road hockey. You know, we we always go out there. We have two nets. We drag onto the road and we'd play for hours. And like that's kind of where it started. Where 
you would get competitive that way, you know, go two on two, full body contact, and and then that. And as soon as we come in or got, got too dark, we'd come inside and play mini sticks. So it was like, you know, always two on two that way. And yeah, it's, it was a blast. Yeah, thinking back at it, it was, yeah, it was fun. Was there any fights over the goalie equipment, or Justin just always had it? Yeah, I don't know. I think we kind of we switched a bit, but uh, we always had two sets, so it was it kind of worked good that way. But we'd always switch it up, and especially like mini sticks, you don't even use equipment, so it's you know you're just kind of playing with just the stick. And yeah, no, yeah, it was fun. It was, those are good times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that pretty much the exact same at my household. Like uh, we had. 2v2 and Jacob Jacob being the youngest one was always one that had to go net if we only wanted one goalie so he was a goalie <laughs> and, uh, shots. and he'd get peppered with shots and I remember him growing up as a little kid he uh he always wanted to be Marc-Andre Fleury that was his favorite player and one year he got yellow goalie pads and I've never seen a kid more excited <laughs> in my entire life but yeah I always like to joke around that Jacob's like the most competitive and most uh talented hockey player I would say but uh, that's just because we, we kind of just force it upon him as a young kid. <laughs> oh, yeah, like you said, like, yeah, you're, you're always trying to be as good as your older brothers, too, you know. So I think that's kind of the same. Yeah, my, my youngest brother, he's always always had a chip on his shoulder, you know, because he's always had to play that much better, you know, or compete that much harder. And he was always the youngest and smallest, but now he's, uh, I think he's the biggest one of, out of all of us four. So that's kind of kind of the crazy thing, but. Yeah, uh, I we we used to play mini sticks inside. Did either any of you guys play in the house? Oh and, yeah, and yeah. absolutely the torture the walls. <laughs> oh, we we wouldn't play mini sticks. We played big sticks downstairs too. So like our, <laughs> we just like mom just redid the basement now that all of us are moved out because like there are so many puck yeah. marks everywhere, holes in the wall. Yeah, yeah. And the holes in the wall. It was hilarious. Yeah, hilarious until you have kids and you realize that's what's coming for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you got to do those repairs. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. What, uh, where did you guys play your minor hockey then? Turtleford for you, Austin? Yeah. And I assume Neilberg then? Yeah. Yeah, it kind of sucked for Luke? me just because I was all over the map because we lived right on the border. So I couldn't go to Alberta, which was really actually closer. Do you and know if – have they changed that now for your younger brothers or no? No. No. Well, no. My parents had to get around it, so they weren't going to do what we did for me and drive all over Saskatchewan. So they – actually like started renting a place in Lloydminster so my brother was able to holy to man. live to live in Lloydminster with my with my mom and then go to school and play hockey and it was kind of a whirlwind to do oh, that but yeah so since you're you guys were Saskatchewan residents you weren't we, allowed to join the yeah we weren't allowed to join the Lloydminster minor hockey so we had to go I played like Unity Battleford uh and then obviously Nilberg and then once I got to like the higher levels like midget triple I went to Swift Current so I was a bit all over Saskatchewan, which was which was fine. Which is, and also which is fine, but when you're so, like you're so close to the border, I, well, I'm Hillmont, right? I don't yeah. Hillmont just is just as close as anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I don't, jeez, I don't know how the heck all of us got to Lloyd. I'm sure there were some inner workings there, maybe some fan doozling, but I'm not uh, I'm not exactly sure how we all got to Lloyd. Yeah. But that's <laughs> where I played my minor hockey and. I'm a Sask resident, so I'm not 100% yeah. sure how that goes. I thought maybe they'd change the rules, but maybe they haven't. Flew under the radar, maybe. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, for midget AAA, they got kids coming from as far as Cold Lake, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, the rules might be different now. but that And when you're yeah. when you're 15 minutes from town, but you can't come that yeah, way. Yeah, right? I mean, I know everywhere has got to have an area. I'm, yeah. Everybody gets that, but for kids around this area, it's kind of interesting when you can be so close 
but still yeah. not be able to play, right? Yeah, so far, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. So you played uh, – I love – neither of you went in the Bantam draft, right? We were no, talking about no, this. No, no, Do you no. remember even having an inkling? Did you play with guys that went in the Bantam, Bantam draft? Um, yeah, I guess for myself, it was it was kind of tough for me because I, like, I didn't start playing – I guess I played I played my minor hockey in Turtleford up until um, that would have been Bantam first year it was the first year I kind of went off and I went and played in Battleford, so that's kind of the first year I've I could have you know kind of got on the radar, but um, unfortunately because of my I was like I was pretty small when I was that age still and are a little. yeah <laughs> how, how big how big are you Austin how tall now yeah I'm five nine five nine yeah but yeah still I was, got me beat by a couple <laughs> inches yeah. but no I was a pretty like small like scrawny kid and. You know, I had, like, decent skill, but just the size was kind of the big thing that for me then. And uh, come to my second-year Bantam, so my draft year, uh, I broke my collarbone too. So I don't think that helped me too much. But, um, but yeah, it was kind of cool because, like, around, like, like that, I guess for that team, like, I was playing with uh, Colby Cave, for example. He was probably our, one of our top guys as a first-year that year. And kind of cool to, to see where he's gone since then, you know. And it's just too bad that uh, – um yeah that i couldn't go in the drafts because it, it was a goal of mine for sure and as every kid's is you know that age but but no i guess yeah from from there i kind of progressed year by year from then and kind of got better so so i was pretty happy about that and yeah, yeah i was just gonna mention i played with with colby as well and uh peewee double and battleford and yeah it was it was pretty cool to see how he's playing for my favorite team in the NHL now so that's kind of kind of cool that way but yeah if you look at Kobe Cave's career too he pretty much like was he drafted yeah yeah was he yeah or in the NHL draft yeah no no no, no I don't think he was no, he I, I think was. he was undrafted and then yeah. he plays out his uh, last year of dub yeah yeah was and then from there he goes to the A and goes up and down for like it's quite a few years mm-hmm. isn't it four yeah, or five years yeah three or four probably yeah like I guess yeah, like we follow each other on social media, so you kind of see from there, yeah. you know, and stuff. But, but it just looked like every kind of step he went was he just was a really consistent player. Yeah. And then he goes to Providence, and like I don't know what last or I know the last year he was there, he was an assistant captain, I think. So, kind of goes to show, I guess, his character yeah. as a young guy, you know, in the in the AHL. So, yeah, it's pretty uh, it's pretty awesome for him to get that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. Where do you guys play your mid? You both play midget triple A, correct? Yeah. yeah. But not on the Alberta side. You both go SAS side, obviously. Yeah, you betcha. So we were talking about this off air. Austin goes to the Beardies. Yeah. Which is in Duck Lake, Saskatchewan. Yeah, you betcha. How? Um, once again, I Hillmond, but I when I was trying out for midget triple A, Bantam triple A, I think it was Bantam. Uh, we went to like Fort Saskatchewan and Strathcona. I always went the opposite way than you guys. So, what t- was it? Letters or was it just maybe it's just known? Maybe I'll get there with with kids and when I when they get older. But like, was Beardies or PA or you talk about Swift Current, Luke? Like, why Beardies? Um, for me, it was it was kind of a I guess interesting route because like I. I started out, we got, uh, my brother and I, older brother, we got invites to the um, PA Mentos camp. So, um, so I guess we went to their spring camp. Uh, they're interested, got invited to the fall camp. So we went there, uh, both went there, and we competed, made it, for, made it past the first couple rounds of cuts. And then um, 
so yeah like we're like okay like we're gonna make it that'd be pretty cool living in pa together you know playing triple a together and and then we basically made it to the last round of cuts and then uh we didn't end up making it and so this was you know well into september at the time and so we enrolled in school in pa at the time so we were there for two three weeks and kind of got all all settled in and then and then found out that it, it wasn't going to work out so we were kind of like oh crap and so we had to pack <laughs> our bags and um and uh yeah especially with school too you know you don't want to be down and out for too long you're missing too much school and so then uh, luckily um we talked to the beardies coach and then i think we went to a camp or it was actually from, from Justin the year before. He went to their camp and um, had a really good camp. So he, he knew of Justin and, and heard of myself. And so he gave us a, a tryout with Beardies. So we go there and then uh, so we kind of had to switch gears pretty quick. And um, luckily my auntie and uncle, they live in Delmony, which is just outside of Saskatoon. Yeah, just outside of Saskatoon. Yeah. I've been to a wedding in Delmony. As <laughs> random as that. Yeah, no carry on. Yeah. <laughs> so luckily, like, they live there. And then so we're like, hey, like, if this Beardies things work, uh, works out, then we'll we'll live with them, build with my auntie and uncle, and um, be nice and familiar with them. And uh, um, yeah, so we ended up going through a couple couple more weeks of camp with Beardies, and then uh, made the team. So, so you make the team. Now you're gonna live in Delmony. Yeah. So where'd you go to school? Uh, in Delmony. You went to school in Delmony. Yeah. And then how far away is Duck Lake from Delmony? So it's about a forty minute drive. Forty four. Oh, it's minutes. closer than I thought. Yeah, yeah. you can take some back roads, kind of in and uh make it there and then kind of go through rostern and up through that way yeah did, but, um, uh, the other guys from out of town did they live in duck lake then um no actually like it was well, it was kind of cool playing with beardies because like it was like half the team was from pa and half from the saskatoon area okay so yeah. everybody drove yeah yeah so then how the heck does duck lake get a triple a midget team i don't know that's a good question <laughs> they've had one for years and yeah and they've yeah they've sued some good teams too which is impressive and just the the community support they get is unbelievable you know and the support from the band and yeah and it was a really cool place to play and it was funny too because our our dressing was actually just uh like an rtm trailer attached to the side of the rink (laughs) and then so they built like a little walkway like from from the rink to the trailer and then our our dressing room and showers and the coach's office was in a in a trailer so so was yeah. it was it was the rink nice? It was all right, like for uh, midget AAA, like in Saskatchewan, is yeah. you know it was kind of middle of the pack. But except, uh, except for the one time when we were playing against them and they, the light, rink lights went out and like one guy broke his collarbone and was like laying on the ground and like no one <laughs> knew what happened because the lights were out for like ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, like we, I really enjoyed my experience there, and yeah, it was just interesting. And like the fans are awesome; they're they're loud and. Just the support we had there was yeah the coaching staff was yeah it was how awesome. many how many fans would you get to a game? Oh, how many fans could that rink seat? Oh. I don't even know what the Duck Lake rink looks like. Yeah, there's just like just, seating on one, one side, side. kind of like a yeah like a small town like Saskatchewan. Couple hundred, five hundred. Well, probably it could probably fit thousand, like maybe. yeah, right eight hundred to thousand people yeah. maybe, and we probably had like five eight hundred. Would you pack probably. that rink in the playoffs? Yeah, no, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, no, it was uh yeah it was it was a good time. It was yeah especially a good way to play triple a hockey and that was my first taste and kind of all i all i had for triple a so that's all i really know but uh no it was awesome cool how about you lucas you you left home and went to swift, swift current yeah yeah so my my reason for going there like like austin like i tried it a couple different places went to a couple different camps and wasn't fortunate to make one like earlier on but later on like swift current showed a lot of interest and uh 
at the time, like one of my best friends, Cody McKinnon, he's just from, he lives like 20 minutes from me. He's from Macklin, Saskatchewan. And he had made the the team the year before. So he kind of like was putting in a good word for me. And, uh, and then, yeah, I just got fortunate enough to make the team and, uh, play with him out there. And it was, it was actually like one of the best years ever. Like Swift Current obviously is a big hockey town and you, you saw the success they had with the WHL program, but they're, they treat the AAA program like a WHL. Like we have a beautiful dressing room in the rink, and yeah, we're playing in the dub rink too, so which is yeah. big for the AAA team, right? Yeah, no, exactly. So and then like going to going to high school is probably the biggest adjustment from like small town, to like big, kind of like a big high school. So that was a bit of adjustment, but yeah, the the community of Swift Current was phenomenal down there, and they're they're we all got to bill it, and it was like the first first taste of like living away from home and it was a really fun experience so yeah. well i wouldn't mind talking about that a little bit you're both pretty young in a sense right well not in a sense like you really you were young moving away from home you're mm-hmm. still in high school was there an adjustment period like you live with your aunt and uncle so i assume that was relatively smooth right yeah no it it made it a lot easier for sure and, and especially being in uh Dalmany too is that it was like it's only a population of like a thousand people so yeah like, relatively small yeah like Trillford's pretty small to begin with but going there wasn't much of an adjustment for for high school you know it was yeah it wasn't crazy like, living still, in Saskatoon but you're or, still going there not knowing anyone though yeah, right and for sure yeah and actually like the cool thing was that like so that was my one set of auntie and uncle but we had uh, cousins that actually lived in Dalmany as well so like uh Presley was my cousin she's a year younger than me yeah. So like she went to um, Dalmany High School, so, so that kind of made knew. it easier. And and then she yeah, she had a couple of friends that I knew, and like so like it was, it was yeah it was kind of like a perfect situation. And then and then um, which worked out even better too is one of my uh, teammates. So he just made beardies that year. His first year was a uh, Jamin Yakubowski, and then so he lived in Dalmany as well, or just outside. So then as um, soon as we made the team, then we started to arrange a carpool with him to go to practice every day and go to games and stuff since he was well he had been 14 or 15 at the time and and then I was a second year midget so I didn't have my license yet either so then Justin was the only one with his license so he would drive us to the practices and games and yeah so that made it a I guess it made it nice in that way so you were living then with your brother yeah both of us at my auntie and uncle's house I must have missed that so you had the two of you yeah oh man that That'd be killer. Yeah, so like I can't really complain about you know. That's pretty fortunate and, to move away with a brother, and another guy you know, and then to essentially carpool at every. Like, yeah. How many yeah. times do you guys skate in a day? Uh, a day, a week. Yeah, like I, was it every day? Had, yeah, we had a practice every, much day every day. Ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Every day we skated. Yeah. And had the dry land caught up to, like, was it as intensive as it is now for kids? Um, for us it wasn't too bad. Like, like. They definitely, we definitely had to be in shape, and we skated on the ice hard in Beardies. But like, with the situation that we're in, with like you know players living in PA and Saskatoon, yeah, it was a little tougher to schedule that stuff, like the dry line and stuff. So like, anytime we would have it, would kind of be like you know after a practice, or they'd mix in with that. Like we'd we'd bulk them in together. Yeah. But um, it wasn't wasn't crazy dry line, but it was it was kind of enough that you know you needed to stay in shape. Mm-hmm. How about Swift? Yeah, Swift is. Swifty, we were all like either f- like from around there or living or billeting in Swift, and like obviously it was easy for me having one of my best friends that was playing on the team, so that made the adjustment period. But my billet family was really awesome too. Like they had two younger boys, so being the oldest in my family, I kind of knew how to like deal with two younger boys. So it was just kind of like having two brothers again, so that was nice that way. 
but yeah, Swift, we had like a, like Austin said, we have a, we had like the WHL ring. So we had a really nice facility to work out in and stuff like that. So it was, uh, it was pretty easy for us, but we were like, we didn't go too, too hard. Like we were skating every single day and we had full-time classes. So you'd go to class in the morning, go to the rink and then go back to class. So it's kind of a busy schedule that way. Either of you guys get homesick? No, um, not really. We're like, well, you're we're, a tough case. Yeah. I don't yeah, even yeah, want yeah, to yeah, ask him. He, right? he was, like, bad. He was like easy. a couple hours from home. He's, so I don't yeah. think he's like, this might be his first time ever not living with his brother next year. Cause <laughs> you guys have played university together. Too. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. But, uh, no, I never got homesick. <laughs> my mom and dad were, uh, my mom and dad are, are great parents and they, they'll drive all over the country just to come see you. So it's not like I wasn't going months and months without seeing them. They would always make the road trip down and they'd carpool with the McKinnon family as well. So that, I got to see them like once every two weeks or if not more, if not less, yeah. but like, yeah, I never too much got, there. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, almost too much. Well, all I tell this story, people who listen to this podcast probably get annoyed by this story, but what the heck I'll tell it another time. Nobody can top how much my mother drove when I played in Dryden. <laughs> my mother drove so much my first year. What are you playing junior A? Like 50 oh, some games, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. now they're playing like 60 games. And she missed, out of a 50-game schedule, she missed, like, seven games. Oh, my That's God, yeah. Right? And Dryden is on the edge of that league, meaning yeah. all the games are further in. You're flying to Thunder Bay. She's driving to Thunder Bay, right? Like, yeah, she didn't miss oh, many games. Yeah, that's awesome. I tell yeah. this story. She flew into Thunder Bay, and you guys are looking at me. I'm not a big guy, and I'm not a big fighter. But she flew into Thunder Bay to catch two games against, <laughs> uh, I don't know, the Bulldogs or the North Stars or somebody. And uh, in the first five minutes of the first game, I fought and got oh, booted. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the first eight to ten minutes of the second game, I fought and got booted. We had a oh, one-fight rule, so you can only fight once yeah. and you're tossed. And so out the door I went, and she flew down to see me play, like, I don't know, like five shifts maybe, right? Like, I mean. You uh, just wanted to spend some time with her in the stands or something. Well, I guess so. <laughs> Get a better visit him. Yeah. Uh, but parents are the best. Moms oh, are the best. Yeah. Moms yeah. do so many cool things for us, right? Like. That just listen to you guys how much you drive like to all your minor hockey whether it was Unity I mean North Battleford isn't oh, but from Turtleford it's far uh, enough that's, it's an hour yeah it's, right? it's like, a decent that's hike though yeah. yeah hour one way man that's yeah. that adds up in a hurry yeah well yeah it was crazy too that like you brought up I have three brothers and since yeah like we're so close together but like the one year in minor hockey there was all four of us in hockey on four different teams in Turtleford so it was it was insane where Mm-hmm. We had my mom going, my dad in a different vehicle. I'm pretty sure my grandparents were helping us out too. So yeah, it was just crazy. Like yeah, like the the support they had when we're younger up until now, it's just unbelievable. Like you can't yeah, it, thank them enough. It's hard to imagine doing that. Yeah, right. No I come from a family of five or five kids, and uh, my sister was the only one who pl- didn't play hockey, but she skated competitively, meaning she was traveling just as much as the hockey. So. I always joke, like, I couldn't have played anything but hockey because my entire life was mm-hmm. on rink burgers and watching my older brothers play. I remember yeah. playing novice and hitting a kid because I wanted to hit because that's all I got to watch <laughs> the bigger kids do, and we weren't allowed to do that for how many years, right? Now yeah. it's crazy. Like, hitting is slowly leaving my yeah, hockey. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, hopefully that doesn't continue in that direction, but, uh, yeah. What do, you, what do you boys think about it? I, yeah, I don't agree with it at all. It's just, uh, I agree, like, you can't start them too young, but, like, what did we, uh, was it, it was 
Was it novice or was it Pee-wee? No, no. So it, it was Pee-wee when we... I, for me, I got to play... Nah, Pee-wee was all hitting. But Adam, you got to rub out. Like, they let you... Mm-hmm. Just to get a feel yeah. for it. But my first time ever getting hit was I got called up to Pee-wee House. Yeah. From Tier 1 Adam or whatever. I got called up to go play a game. And I was like, absolutely. And I got my bell rung so hard. And I was like, <laughs> okay, don't do not do that again. Like, that hurt. Yeah. But... I don't know. Like you get a hundred different people on this podcast, and most of the old guys don't want to see it go. But there are some guys that say it's going to be better for the game. It's going to keep more kids in the game. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's there's obviously the best of both worlds. Like you're gonna no matter what, like no matter what, there's going to be hitting and hockey, and no matter what, there's going to be concussions. Like that's just a part of the game, and you're gonna have to deal with it. What if just, what if the outlawed hitting in the hockey they just uh, no more hitting it's no, pond hockey i, that I just slide. Yeah. That's, i don't know it's just part of the game you know it's it always has been and that's what i think makes it so fun you know is i bet yeah. you if you would have asked 25 years ago 20 25 years ago about fighting they would have said ah oh, hockey fighting is just part of the game yeah never going to take it out and now like dang man we're close to getting fighting completely out of the hockey i yeah, mean i don't think it'll true, ever yeah. fully leave yeah but at the same token, like, I mean, if you go back 10 years to now, it's pretty crazy how little fighting there is in the NHL. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is true. I think it's just a testament to the speed and the, the pace of the game. But, like, even with the pace and the speed, like, when you get to the D zone, a D zone battle, like, you're going to have to rub guys out. You're going to have to make a check. And, it, like, that's just such a momentum swing if you can get a big hit in. Like, look at Tori Krug in the playoffs this year when <laughs> yeah. you – Flew across the ice, put <laughs> yeah. his helmet and on. That was him. awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. And uh, I mean, like, yeah, exactly. Like, those are memories you're gonna always remember as a fan. So, oh, and it's big momentum change too. You know, like mm-hmm. you make mean, a big hit and like clean hit, just like that one, where it's yeah. like get the boys fired up on the bench and yeah, especially in playoffs. Like, maybe that's the momentum swing you need. You know, and and like going back to like minor hockey, I think it's just like I don't think yeah they can really get rid of hit or sorry like at such a young age, I guess, get rid of it. Because, like, I think it's important to to learn how to keep your head up, you know, and, and learn how to take those hits while playing. Because, like, if you don't learn that when you're younger and then you get into, like, let's say, like, you get into Bantam. If they don't have hitting till Bantam. Kids are so big. Yeah, gonna, kids yeah. are getting so much bigger now that, like, if they do a hit on you and you're not ready or you don't know how to take it, then yeah. it could hurt you even more, you know? Um, hey, you're preaching in the choir. I, yeah. I agree. I don't think you can get rid of hitting – I had Murray McDonnell on. He's a guy who helped build the Lashburn rugby program. Yeah, I played for Lashburn rugby. It was unbelievable. Okay. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Was yeah, Murray I, coaching or just the program? No, he he had just started the program at the time. It was Craig Hall that was kind of heading the program, and it was like, yeah, one of my best experiences of my life. Like, we were able to go over to uh, Scotland, Ireland for ten days, and. Uh, playing a rugby tour over there and oh, that's still like to this day like one of my one of my top trips i've ever been on in my life and yeah it was just really awesome to play a new sport and to get an appreciation for a new sport like that so it was awesome yeah they uh they talk about rugby i keep bumping ever since i had them on i bump into rugby guys all the time now <laughs> and i can safely say of course i know what rugby was but i didn't really give it much thought but what they all say is they teach how to hit in rugby properly mm-hmm. and how to take a hit properly in rugby and what he was saying is that's what they need to do in hockey and yeah. he doesn't understand why they don't do that in hockey like create a safe place to do it and then teach hitting yeah yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. simple I, grew, I, th- yeah. I think we probably both grew up 
like doing like hitting hockey caps or whatever mm-hmm. and they go through the gauntlet or? yeah gauntlet. oh the gauntlet everybody <laughs> everyone went that through is the it. one name that has never changed on a drill the yeah. gauntlet, the gauntlet yeah, and yeah everyone went through it but like you you learned how to take a kit you learned how to keep keep your head up and yeah and hit with your lesson. shoulder right and yeah. yeah i yeah i agree with you sean where it's like if you learn the fundamentals and like how to take a hit and how to receive one it's there shouldn't be much of an injury you know like but yeah i guess like things or stuff happens too where you know, you, someone falls over, you fall weird into the into well, the boards, I mean, and that's, that's going to happen. A, that's a high-speed sport. You're not yeah. going – I mean, you think of any high-speed sport, there's chance for injury. I mean – Yeah, exactly. You, yeah. you play basketball and you stop and go the other way, <laughs> you can blow a knee just yeah. as quick as anything else. There but, I mean, in hockey, ankle. like, you get going that fast and throw a little bit of contact in. Everybody – all the old boys always point to our equipment now, how it's so hard. And it oh, doesn't yeah. it doesn't take much of a little clip and mm-hmm. I mean you can really injure a guy that way. Yeah. Skip Craig, who was on here probably a month and a half ago, said they should one of the biggest downfalls of hockey was introducing the helmet. It gives a false sense uh, false sense of security. Oh yeah. And so he said from a young age and now instead of when you hit a guy and he falls in head first, instead of him being hurt and you understanding that you can't do that, he pops back up, skates away and you go, Oh, it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. And that I don't know if guys, you know, as we get older, we know we're not supposed to hit from behind, yeah. but I mean, it still does happen. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, exactly. Where you come in that situation where, you know, sometimes maybe you're going too fast and you can't stop, and like it doesn't happen very often, but like, yeah, <laughs> it could happen. But here's you know. a here's an interesting, fun little question for you boys: If you could go back to your younger self, and hockey wasn't an option, what sport would you want to have? What what sport would have you played? Uh, probably for me, I'd say baseball. Um, I guess like that, like I've played baseball all my life, but that's always been my my second favorite, you know, or my my summer sport. And it was nice for, um, yeah, you'd, I'd play hockey in the winter and then just take a break from it and play play baseball. And we always had some pretty good teams back in Turtleford with minor ball, and I loved it. And did yeah. you play on the uh, the Turtle Floor Ball Diamonds or out at Mervin? Uh, Mervin, Mervin now our midget team, and then the senior team is Mervin play on the yeah. that diamond out yeah, there. Yeah, so. I drive by it all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, we did a lot of work to it actually. It's I, put I shale saw on that. And, yeah. yeah, I saw that. Yeah, uh, redid the the green monster out there and put some signs <laughs> up. And, but yeah, this year we're having a, we're having a tough year. But no, I've always had a, a passion for baseball, and yeah, I just imagine making it pro in that would be unreal. And, yeah, so that'd be that'd be what my choice. What position do you play? I play uh, shortstop and uh, third base, and I used to pitch as well. Yeah, Jack no, all trades. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, Lucas? Well, that's a tough one. Like growing up, I played every single sport you possibly could think of. Like I just I loved all sports. Ping pong. Oh yeah, ping pong. I, <laughs> uh, who am I kidding? I, I, I challenged I, I challenged someone oh, yeah. in ping pong match, but. Like even like that's how I. That's first... what I need to get in the studio is a ping pong. Okay. Yeah. Table into a. Yeah, ping pong. No go. kidding. There we go. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, that's even how I got introduced to Austin here. We, in, like, middle school, we were both cross-country runners. So yeah. I, was, I was always looking up to Austin because he was a year older than me, and he was, like, the, the speed demon. And my mom's like, Luke, because you just got to try and keep up to Austin. And the one race I tried to do it, and I think I almost threw up about halfway through. So they're like, oh, that's not possible, but maybe in another time. But, no, I think probably rugby or uh, baseball as well. Like, my dad was a really big baseball guy, and – he has a lot of good stories and good memories from back in the day when he used to play fast pitch and baseball and all that. So, yeah, probably those two sports. Um, 
Why did you only play? Did you only play one year in rugby, or did you play several years? Um, I only played for I played for like a year and a half. Like I joined late the one new time, but yeah, I just it was kind of just tough because like I was starting to start playing competitive yeah. hockey and like rugby. That's rugby. There's no equipment, right? So there's yeah, you're pretty susceptible to injury, and uh, it was a tough tough choice. Like that was me with all sports. Like I loved playing all sports, but at one point you just kind of gotta. Uh, dial it back and kind of focus on one on one sport and and obviously hockey was my number one passion so I wanted to really take that serious and did it, do what it takes to make it to the next level. That's so. that's what happens to everybody, right? At some age, usually, I would say right around bantam, you either decide you're going to go full fledged into hockey or you're going to try something else, right? Mm-hmm. And when you go full fledged into hockey, you got time for nothing. I I always wanted to play for the the comp, the the Barons, the football team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. just had, like, I don't know. Look at me. I don't know what the heck I would have been in football. Probably <laughs> it was a good thing. I probably would have been the water boy for all that, <laughs> all right? But for some reason, it was, like, really interesting to me to try and play football. But, like, it went square into the hockey season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just, yeah, there's just there's... no opportunity to play that. Yeah. What do, what do you guys think about uh, – I brought it up with a lot of guys on here uh, – Single sport athletes versus dual sport. A big thing n- now, especially that ice stays in year round and that kind of thing, is you can play hockey all year round. You can train for hockey all year round. You got all these different programs now that are designed to keep athletes continually moving to the top levels. For me, that was never ever. I mean, we could have played spring hockey in either Saskatoon or Edmonton. But even that didn't take you all summer, right? There was yeah. just never an opportunity to skate, let alone do all the dry land and everything else. So we always played. I played fastball. I grew up playing windmill. And uh, we were very, very talented. We went on and won Western several times. My oldest mm. brother's won national. Or my oldest brother won nationals. Um, so it, that was always – I always enjoyed the break from hockey. Yeah, but how mm-hmm. about you guys, Lucas? Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, I agree with you on that. Like um, – I did. I ended up playing spring and spring hockey and for about three seasons in a row there. And by the end of that third season, like, I didn't even know if I wanted to go back and play hockey. Like, it was just such a toll. Like, we were driving to Edmonton three, four days a week. And uh, it was just coming taxing and hockey wasn't becoming fun anymore. And I think that's where you're seeing a lot of uh, decline in a lot of kids. Just because, like, they're getting pushed. They have to work out for hockey. They have to play hockey. They have to go play ball hockey. They have to play inline well, or whatever like it is standard now is and it's like it's and it's like that. yeah and all the parents are pushing that because that's what everyone else is doing to try and get their kid to the next level but i i, I firmly believe that i think like summers yeah you should be working out and and building muscle and, and growing that way but you should also take your time and play other sports i mean wayne gretzky said wayne gretzky said that being a multi-sport athlete is one of the best things to do so yeah I mean, you gotta listen to him <laughs> they are they argue now that uh the argument that goes against that is um that when a kid plays all through the summer and your kid just starts up i don't know august that you're seven steps behind them and if you're seven steps behind them blah 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 blah, you know how the story goes right and uh i don't i hear what you're saying luke because I don't know. Like, there was times by the – we all played a lot of hockey. You still playing a lot of hockey. There's times where in junior specifically, it's mm-hmm. game like 42, and you're like, man, are yeah. we at playoffs yet? 
Like, I can't imagine, like, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, we always joke about the NHL, and, man, it would have been fun to play in it. And it would have been. I'm not going to knock the NHLers. Yeah. But can you imagine every year the grind it'd be to play 82 games and to yeah. stay healthy and to stay in tip-top shape and then on top of it produce? And if you're not producing, to just get the harassment they do and mm-hmm. everything else? No wonder half the guys want to go to Florida and go under the radar. And, <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, get that'd be tough. Toronto, you know. Yeah. No, yeah. Like, I think that's the most impressive thing about NHL, like the pro athletes, is like that consistency, you know, like being able to play your best for 82 games, you know, that amount of games and, mm-hmm. and to be healthy that whole time. Like that's, that is impressive. And, but like going to, I guess your question there, it's like, I think I firmly believe that you should try all sports or try as many sports as you can, you know, and cause I think it's like how you develop more skills too. Like, like hockey, like hockey, especially like it demands a lot of different skill sets, you know, and, and I think that's what helped me kind of develop in hockey is that like I played a bunch of sports kind of like Lucas said too like in high school I played you know like badminton like as much as I can <laughs> like badminton. yeah oh, like yeah. volleyball yeah. like cross-country running and track which helped you know with the stamina and all that too yeah. and and then just to kind of get away from it too I think is is good to give your head a break you know and because like you said like they're demanding seasons and and yeah I could kind of take a toll on you and it's good to kind of switch things up and and that's why like I enjoyed baseball so much because like it's like very opposite of hockey you know Man, it's yeah. a change of pace yeah yeah no so i really enjoy that and i'm glad i did it that way yeah i'm I'm a firm believer that like a kid a kid is not going to develop and is not going to get seven steps ahead of any other kid at, at a, such a young age like i i agree maybe like once you're 16 17 18 and you're you're starting to get bigger and growing stronger then yeah like that's a right to specialize a bit more in hockey and and focus your summers on working out and doing skill sessions and stuff like that. Like that's when I think you'll really see the growth. But as like a 12, 10, like whenever those young kids, like those, those kids need to be doing other things. Like the passion's just not going to be there. And I think you kind of see that, like you see a lot of high end skill kids in Canada just kind of fade away like later on in their careers just because they've just had too much of it you know and they, mm-hmm. the passion's gone and if you don't have the passion like you said to play 82 hockey games like you gotta love the sport right you're you gotta still have that that passion and stuff so I, I'm just worried that the youth doesn't have that when they're just focusing on like one sport so Plus, when will they ever get to enjoy a sport like badminton? Going yeah. to like Maidstone for Man, those are Maidstone on a side note, Maidstone puts on in the ring, puts on some just fantastic events. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. we played um, volleyball, mega volleyball. Mega volleyball. Yeah. Believe so it or not, fun. this guy sat on the bench for mega volleyball and I realized I was never gonna be a volleyball star. <laughs> Uh, did you ever get to play in the the floor hockey tournaments they used to do in Maidstone? Yeah, no, I never no, did. I never did either. No, no, I don't think I even. I didn't, were they even going at our age? No, I think they must have been faded. But out. yeah, that would that would blast at the rink there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, what was it? I used to like. Felt like draft day, like I was getting drafted <laughs> in the show. But yeah. we used to have tryouts in Helmond, and it was four grades. Must have been three, four, five, and six. So we split two teams. There was a young team, or there was an A and a B squad. Oh, yeah. No, four, five, six, and we created an A and B squad. <laughs> I remember that. That's and we went know. there and won it as, well, look at me. I'm tooting my horn as we won it in Hillmont. But that was like, I don't know, mega floor hockey or whatever the heck oh, they called that's it. Awesome. It was unreal. I wish they still had So that much one. hockey yeah, going on. Sweet. Yeah. But oh, Mega yeah. Birdie was fun, too. Yeah. yeah. Like Maidstone. Mm-hmm. God. Oh, they got it going on. Yeah. And it's, 
the biggest yeah. like social aspect of it too you know like oh, yeah, you seeing everyone from neighboring towns right? yeah. yeah those are the best yeah yeah check out the new the new girls <laughs> yeah <laughs> see what's going on yeah <laughs> oh those are awesome how about how so you guys play your your midget triple a's then you go on to junior now kindersley for you austin yeah and you go to wainwright don't you yeah so uh like austin's first austin's first year in lloyd minster uh they had a coach by the name of ryan parent uh i don't know if he's loved much around lloyd minster but uh obviously 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 i wasn't a big fan of him uh like Kyle, Kyle Tapp was the assistant coach at the time, and and he he really believed in me and had faith in me. But unfortunately, Ryan Parent had uh, other plans for me at the time, so I I made it, played all exhibition games, and then right before the season, I kind of got the kind of got the axe, and uh, that was when they had the import rule too, which is kind of weird. So like he was bringing in BC guys, and because I was a Saskatchewan resident, that's why I wasn't allowed to play in Lloyd. So. Yeah, I ended up. Were you considered an import then for the Blazers? Yeah, uh, for yeah. the Bobcats? Yeah, well, that's which was really tough because like that's my hometown. I grew up playing for them. Yeah. Like, how did that rule change for you after? Yeah, it changed right away. Right at, I think it was a year after the or my twenty-year-old year that they changed that rule. No, oh. that it was uh, not. They didn't have the import rule anymore. But uh, as soon as you turn eighteen, you can go anywhere you want. I think they changed it too, which would have been nice. But yeah. They used to they used to have the import rule for me in Dryden, but I mean, if I lived in Kenora, I wouldn't think that playing in Dryden would be an import. I think I think the way they did it in the SI was um, provinces. If you were from Ontario, you oh, weren't yeah. considered an import. But if you weren't from Ontario, but Lloyd has a real well, they're border city. Yeah, right? exactly, like how do you yeah. how do you? It's got to no. be asterisks by it. Yeah, you'd think you'd be able to write a letter and say, that's "I live I, right yeah. here." Well, right. should be I an import. This is the border city. But I mean, yeah. at, at the end of the day, like that that turned out to be kind of a blessing in disguise. Like I was talking with Austin earlier about this, and I was like, "That was like musical chairs going on in that dressing room that year." Like he kind of, it was his first gig as a head coach, and I think he kind of was struggling and maybe putting the panic mode on a bit and. He had, like, because I, I practiced with him every single day, but I'd play all my games with Wayne, right? So I was practicing with the Bobcats, and it was just musical chairs going on with new guys <laughs> coming into the room every single day for practice. And oh, yeah, So then you played with the with the Bisons and then were affiliated by the uh, Bobcats? Yeah, you betcha. So, so were you billeting in Lloyd, or uh, were you living at home? Living at home? No, I was living with a family friend of mine in Lloyd. I wasn't, I wasn't billeting. I was just living with a family friend, and then, yeah, I was driving to Wainwright, and playing games without there and that, that actually that actually really helped me with my confidence like I was able to be like that top top uh top six guy up there and playing lots of minutes and getting a lot of points and getting my confidence back that way yeah and then uh obviously after Ryan Parent got uh got canned <laughs> at uh, Christmas time there uh tap tap <laughs> yeah, tap took over long. as intern yeah. head coach and we kind of like sat down and had a discussion and we just kind of talked about it and I was just and he was just like like I would call you up for the rest of the season, but like we're not making playoffs. Like, stay down in Wainwright. We were hosting, uh, I think Westerns at that time, so yeah. I was gonna be able to play hockey till like May. So I was, he's just like, stay down. Like I'll affiliate affiliate you to the max games, and then so I think I played my max games up with the Cat Bobcats, and then finished the year out. But yeah, it was it ended up being a really good year. 
I don't have too many guys on that played Junior B, to be completely honest, so far. Mm-hmm. How did you guys do? Did you win league that year? No, that was the year that uh, Cole Lake had a phenomenal team, and, and Wainwright was just starting to build their yeah, brand. Yeah, that's right before they right took before, off. Right yeah, before, yeah, you betcha. So I was part of, like, the, I guess, the building blocks to that <laughs> yeah. dynasty that they have down there now. Yeah, so. they've won that league now a ton. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they yeah, – It seems like they're always winning, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, kind of go full circle there. My youngest brother, Jacob, actually ended up affiliating with them and playing a couple games this year. So uh, it's kind of funny how the how it works, yeah. how it works yeah. out in the yeah. end. So And how did then, Austin, how did you get to Kindersley first then? Um, so f- actually my, um, I guess going into my last year of AAA and Beardies, um, had a couple um, SJ, I guess, spring camps I went to. And so I went to those and... Uh, no one really bit yet, and then uh, what did I? I don't know if I went to Kindersley Spring Camp or not, but uh, oh, I think it was in um, in my I guess sorry my second year of midget. Um, yeah, that would have been it. Uh, Kindersley, um, I guess got my rights, or my, I forget what, what do you even call that. Now? I don't like, know. I don't even. Yeah, know but yeah, it's so like <laughs> I guess they had my rights to like for SJ. So um, uh, so yeah, so then my going into my final year of AAA. I uh, went to their fall camp and then had a really good camp and then they actually offered me a spot going into my last year of uh, midget triple. I should stop you for a second let the audience (laughs) know we have the Rough Rider game going in the background. And they just made it. Big TD. Oh, we're just... Oh, they needed a two-point conversion. We still need to get a little Yeah, they they need a little bit of luck. It's a miracle. The way the Rough Rider season's been going. I apologize. Carry carry on, carry on. Um, But yeah, well, basically, uh, Kendersley offered me a spot my last year midget triple A. And kind of made the decision that I wanted to play out my AAA, and because uh, it felt like it was going to be a big, you know, kind of building year for me. And um, yeah, so I did that, and then played out my last year in Beardies, and then went back to Kindersley. I guess the following year, yeah. went and tried out again. And then yeah, I made the team then. And then was that um, in the old barn, or was did they have the new barn? This was a the... new one. Yeah, yeah, would have almost been brand new, eh? Um, yeah, I think it was. I think yeah, I think my year was the well, no, actually, sorry, we um. The new one wasn't built yet, but they uh, the year before I was there, um, they're doing all the renos, so they had to make their main rink. I guess um, they had to make it playable. Yeah. So then the year I came is when they had renos to their their dressing room and the workout room, and and yeah, it was, it was looking really good. And so um, so yeah, I committed there and uh, um, had a pretty tough year uh, team wise. Like we had a we had a rookie coach as well, unfortunately, and then I went to that in Lloyd the year after. But um, yeah, in Kindersley we had a rookie coach, and we had a had a good team too. But it just didn't didn't work out, and the coaching wasn't there. And uh, I think we ended up putting up like 15 wins that season or something. So it was a long season. I hate to pick on rookie coaches, but you guys have talked about it now several times. The guy who comes in to coach Lloyd after. The, uh, tap is a uh just interim who do they hire that year so uh, that was like that was going in my that, 20 year and that was uh, yeah, that gary was van harroway and my first year uh, gary van yeah. harroway and, and he then, was by all accounts a very or a veteran coach correct yeah yeah he was uh like i like to compare him to kind of like uh pat quinn maybe like he was kind of <laughs> at the tail end of his career like he and he knew it too but he he was he had a passion for hockey so he came oh, in yeah. and uh, so lost experience what lots was the experience. difference for you guys then as players having rookie coaches and then having a guy come in who'd been around the game that much? Um, I think the big thing with that was that 
like Ryan Perrin the year before, like like obviously it's first year coaching, it's kind of tough to establish yourself. But with uh, with Gary, like he kind of came in and and everyone just respected him, you know, and like mm-hmm. he, he earned that respect right away. And he and he had, like he come in with a good like he had like an RBC Cup championship underneath his belt, so yeah, I mean, everyone automatically had a respect for him that way. So yeah, and he had yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like that was kind of the biggest thing is that like he earned that respect from everyone, and everyone wanted to play for him, you know, and and it was kind of right off the bat it was that way, and and yeah, like I think that's what started us off to such a good season, and I think it was it really helped too where like Gary had that experience, but Kyle like um, Kyle Tapp like he's one of my favorite coaches in that way where he was um, like so technically sound, you know, like his his well, play like, Tapper Tapper gets a lot of play on the airwaves here. Oh yeah, yeah. Tapper, uh, Tapper knows some things. I'll give him that. Yeah, right? like, no, for sure. And that was kind of the dynamic duel with like Gary with his experience and Tap with he basically drew up all of our systems, you know, and like he yeah. and he's really good in, in that aspect. So I think that's what was so good for us as players, you know. Well, and I hate to rag on uh, newbie coaches, right? Because I mean, I was just curious with a veteran, you know. Mm-hmm. take the NHL for instance, right? Like we got to see with the others when they had, uh, the guy who's coaching Anaheim. Now I'm spacing on his oh, name. Oh, um, Bruce Brujo. No, 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 no. The Dallas, the Dallas, Eakins? Eakins, oh, Dallas yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe, maybe I remember thinking, Oh man, rookie head coach. That'll be good. Right. And there, there's always the rookie head coach that does really well, but yeah. Eakins came in and just, it's just typical of Edmonton. that just explodes <laughs> on our yeah. face, right? Yeah. Like nothing can go right. And uh, I was just curious from a player's aspect if when Gary comes in, an older guy who's been around a lot, if he just walked in, set some boundaries, said this is how we're going to do things, new drills, there was never any, like, I don't know, he set the culture right or anything like yeah. that, and he just and just right away you knew you could just feel the difference. Yeah. Or if it wasn't that way, and maybe, maybe the, the rookie coach just had a couple of bad breaks go his way, and that was it. Like, it was kind of the combination of the two. You know, like, yeah, it was tough on that Ryan Parent because, yeah, you, I think he was kind of in over his head. You know, he's never had that high of a coaching position, you know, and especially at the junior A level. And he just kind of bit off more than he could chew, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was too bad for him, but it was it was too bad for us, too, you know, where we want to – we come, we want to compete, you know, and make playoffs, you know, and have a big playoff run. And that just wasn't possible, I guess, with – you know, with I was the situation always, we're in. I was always fortunate. I had Larry Wintoniak, who was <laughs> no the, way. Yeah. Well, like I actually, well, like the that's why I had the rookie coach my Kindersley year because Larry was the head coach the year before in Kindersley. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Larry, Larry was phenomenal. Oh yeah, that's what I've heard. He's a he's a really good coach. There's there's guys that don't like him because he holds you accountable for everything. Yeah, like Gord but, Gord Thibodeau, my twenty year old year. <laughs> yeah. But what's nice about those guys is they draw a line in the sand, and you know which side you're standing yeah, on. Yeah, right? exactly. It's pretty yeah. hard not to. And if yeah. you can't figure it out, you're probably on the wrong side, yeah. right? Like yeah. I mean, it's pretty simple. But what he taught me about the game and how to play it and everything else, it just it was comfortable. He brought in like mm-hmm. an air about him. He just knew what to do, knew what to say. There was never any times he got caught off guard. He was for the team. He was the team guy, right? Like in the gym, he worked out harder than you ever would. Yeah. And oh, I remember walking to the gym dude. and being like, you're a coach. Holy crap. Right. Yeah. Like that guy's an animal, animal, yeah. right? That's the word that gets associated with Larry Wintoniak the most. He is an animal. <laughs> yeah. 
right? And so I don't know. It's just curious because I mean, you guys get to see different aspects. Let's. So, do you get traded then from Kinnersley? Is that yeah? What well, like there? so. Yeah, like I said, it was a really tough year, and uh, and um, yeah, like we, you know, we we had a good team, and they traded away all of our twenties at the start of the year, and it was like, oh crap, come on, and and uh, so this is like Kinnersley. yeah. So personally, like I, I had a decent year, like I put like 25, 30 points, like first year, and and um this head coach was got signed for another year another two years so i you know i just felt like i had you know i could have went to a better place or i was mm-hmm. you know didn't really want to be under that authority so uh so yeah i asked for a trade and then uh he actually traded me um kind of waited all summer you know it was kind of a dick move on his side but <laughs> i guess that then again i'm the one who asked for a trade but uh he pretty much waited all summer i i kind of said like like i'd appreciate you know going to you know, anywhere in the SJ or West, you know, it's kind of a preference. And then, so he trades me to Manitoba to, to Swan Valley. And, uh, did you report? No, I like, I don't know. I was, like, I was pretty set on, you know, like coming out West here somewhere. So I, uh, didn't report and then kind of waited out a trade again. And then that's what, what happens. What, sorry. Uh, what happens when you don't report as a player? Anything? <laughs> I just basically sat here, and I think it was the first time in years that I was able to help with Harvest a bit. So, <laughs> so I was sitting at home kind of waiting for a trade, and and uh, so this is when we had – Are new, all the neighbors just like – What's going on? Hey, what's going <laughs> yeah. on? I'm just, you know, sitting waiting. Yeah, Did you get traded to Swan? Yeah, I'm not going. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay, like, cool. yeah, I, I kind of felt bad, but, like, then again, like, I was, you know, I was pretty set yeah. on what I wanted to do, and and I had that option, right? So, um, so yeah, I – I guess I, I used it and uh, and that's when Ryan Parent was in Lloyd and I guess end up getting traded there. Like I missed five games of the season, so wasn't there for training camp or hey, anything, unfortunately. Ragging on poor old Parent a whole bunch, but he did manage to bring you in. Yeah, there. no, yeah, exactly. Right, that's what I'm fortunate about. But <laughs> it was funny because I guess he he ended up. I heard that he took the trade that was offered to him like a month ago, and like, but like he's like. He basically could have got me there like a month before he in just, Lloyd. Yeah, yeah, but like he tried like I don't know what happened there, but <laughs> one of my buddies in the team hey? told me that. Yeah, so like, but yeah, but, but like what brought me to Lloyd, and I got to be fortunate about that because those are my uh, my best years in my junior career. So absolutely. Yeah. Um, what was it like living or playing playing junior for your hometown? Was it tough? Uh for me, I like obviously there's a lot of pressure. Um, my uncle actually had a really good quote. He just passed away this past summer, but it was uh, "Don't sweat the small stuff," and it's all small stuff. So I kind of had that mentality my whole life, just uh, not to get too upset about anything, not to let anything really get to you, and don't let it waver you. Like just stay focused on your goal. So I mean, every game, like I'm sure Austin probably had five to ten people coming to a game and I had all my family and all yeah. my friends always coming to games so it was cool that way that they were able to come watch you but obviously there's a little bit of extra pressure and especially when that hockey night in Canada was uh that year as well so that was added pressure like we were going to be televised and like it was a pretty big deal so but I think we we were able to handle it and obviously Gary instilled a really awesome culture and he really he, br- he brought together our team and I can say to this day like that that team that year was like they're still my best friends like they're the guys I go for beers with all the time or like they'll be my wedding party like for sure like they're for sure like the closest knit team I've ever been a part of so yeah no doubt like, yeah you said it buddy but 
<laughs> what else can I say? Well, leave your speech. No, <laughs> no, I agree. But yeah, like I guess like yeah, having that being like based my hometown junior A team, you know, or being that close to Charlotte, I was kind of more excited more than anything. Especially I, I was waiting that long for a trade, and then finally happened. I was like, oh crap, that's pretty cool. And so I've always known like the Bobcats and the Blazers, and and yeah, I just come here just like Bench said that like you know we always had our parents come in, we're that close, and grandparents and you know local people in Charlotte around that come to watch and especially during that playoff run, it was pretty cool. And, you know, having that support and playing in front of the, you know, your friends and family and local people, you know, here is, yeah, it was awesome. That was the time of my life. Yeah. And Lloyd's just such a good city for it. Like I think we probably had 1500 people in the rink, like every night, like, well, we had, we had, we were winning, but we weren't like unbelievable, but we had the support of the community and yeah, no, it was a good vibe around town that year for sure. Was there a bunch of local guys playing that year? Uh, like we had like uh, Springer and like Andy. Austin was close and like Andy Colton Anderson. Well, he's a year before. Yeah, but uh, played with Colton this year out in Helmont. Yeah. Oh yeah, and yeah, like, great guy. Yeah, really good guy. And um, I'm not sure who else. Like, I oh, think, um, Woodward, Bryce Woodward. Yeah, Bryce Woodward was Wayne, right? Wayne, so right, like yeah. all like the surrounding areas, and then obviously Springer was from Lloyd, so we kind of had like a good. Brock Weston was Maidstone, yeah. so like yeah. we had. We had a lot of guys yeah, that a were a lot from the surrounding surrounding yeah. area. I mean, so, and the, I consider that area Lloyd. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't exactly. know how better to say it. That's mm-hmm. which made it that much better. You know, I guess even like fan support wise, you know, like you want to go out and see the you know your local kids Absolutely. playing, and yeah, and like that's yeah, it made it that much better to play for too. You know, like knowing mm-hmm. this team kind of means something to you. You know, and, heck, I can safely say if tomorrow the Bobcats signed. Mr. Hillmond, whoever that is yeah. at this age right now, you'd have Hillmond in watching a ton of the games. Oh, exactly, right? yeah. Uh, yeah. I yeah. think that's important to kind of you know take advantage of that local talent as much as you can. Yeah, well, and that's I and, would agree. And that's yeah. one thing I think that maybe we could all be a little bit critical of is the Bobcats. Are they kind of like you, you look at all the talent that goes un, untouched in Lloyd, like. Uh, like when I went to Spruce Grove, we had more guys from Lloyd and the surrounding areas than we did in Lloyd Minster. Yeah, no doubt. Like yeah. it's just like we have, there's so much talent in Lloyd. Like there, we got to be able to find a way to like make the kids either want to stay or. You know the funny thing is I don't know if it's want. I I, uh, I didn't play. I can only speak for myself. And I, I I'm gonna have uh, Nigel Dubé, the new head coach, on here. Hopefully in the next couple months, uh, me and him have been chatting. Yeah. And so I'm always interested when a new coach come in because maybe he'll be the guy to do it, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe he'll be the guy to really turn the ship around. Yeah. I mean, and there's been years like your guys' years where you guys were actually pretty freaking good, man. But me specifically, I can just only tell my account, right? I wanted to play for the Blazers, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. now are the Bobcats. That's uh, obviously if people don't understand I, why I keep saying the Blazers, they <laughs> yeah. were the – what the team was called beforehand, but I wanted to play for the Blazers. I went to all their camps and, um, you know, maybe I just didn't fit their plans for those years. I am a small guy. Everybody can see that I'm only five, seven. So, uh, but the toughest thing was when they told me just, you know, maybe you should go look elsewhere. Anytime a team tells you that (laughs) you're not coming back. Yeah. Right. If that's your dream, you know, and you've always wanted to play for that team. It's yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's the local team, right? Yeah. Like I, I, well, that's the thing. Like, like all you see, all these local kids. Like, they're not like they're not trying out. Like, I think T.J. Lloyd tried out for the Bobcats. Like Cole Nicholson, like Tyler Bush, Austin Hunter, like Parker McKay. Like all those guys were in the Lloyd system. They all had like come, and then they just kind of 
What a story. They brush him off, and then, yeah. Uh, what a story TJ Lloyd is, right? Yeah. Like, no, I don't. Oh, he was on the podcast uh, two weeks ago. I think he was two episodes ago. Like, he walks in. He's not a big guy, right? Yeah. Like, he's he's my size. A little a little trimmer, though, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, he's a, he's a skilled player, though. That's, oh, he dances on the crazy, ice. Crazy, yeah. Crazy to see what he's, what he's done and, you know, his young career so far. But hopefully uh, – he keeps it up. That'd yeah. be awesome. Yeah, he's going to Bowling Green next. Oh, is he? Yeah, I didn't yeah. hear it. Right yeah, on. D1. Yeah. So that'll be exciting to watch him there. But, I mean, getting back to the point, I mean, who knows? That was uh, – it was the year they were hosting the RBC he tries out, right? So you can imagine mm-hmm. the talent that they amassed that yeah. year, right? And it kind of – yeah, like depends on the opportunity or, like, you know, what the team has already or if they've committed to someone that's the same skill set as you, you know, and it just doesn't work out. And mm-hmm. I bet you there's a lot of situations like that where – it doesn't work out for guys, and yeah. What uh, I I don't know if either of you billeted a ton, but normally I like to get the guys to talk about their billets because I had phenomenal billets. The Lane family out in Dryden. Did you guys have billet families, or did you drive from home? You're nodding your heads, yes, Luke. Yeah, we yeah like Lloyd was really good for that. Like if you because my my farm's still 40 minutes south of town, so yep. we either in the mornings we had like we went to Lakeland College there and stuff like that, so. Mm. I built it with the Pulse Fit family, and yeah, like I, I'm still very close with that family. Like they, they moved to Black Falls, and I still try and go out and see them once or twice a year. Like I'm still, still very close. So obviously, like they are very important people, and Austin can attest to the Spence family too. Yeah, They're phenomenal for all of us. Like oh yeah, was, yeah, and yeah, like me is like Luke said is that I had uh, Bill and Lisa Spence. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> Bill Spence. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, they're awesome, and mm-hmm. they took me in with you know open arms and. And uh, it actually worked, worked out good because the year before they had uh, Casey Knight as the billet, and he was also a small town kid from St. Yeah. Wahlberg. And, and uh, so when I played, uh, I guess my first year, um, I was always over at their place hanging out. Like me, me and Casey are good buddies, so I was always over there and stuff, and getting to know Bill and Lisa, and, and uh, kind of formed a good relationship. And then so my twenty-year-old year, they, um, uh, yeah, they took me in and. As a twenty-year-old billet, and yeah, it was amazing. Well, it was fun over there. Yeah, too. it was so much fun. And you know, I <laughs> they had two kids, and uh, Dalton and Alex, and uh, they were really fun to hang out with. You know, and and yeah, it's it's a relationship I'll have for the rest of my life, and we still talk all the time. And yeah, hopefully, get to see him this summer here. I had to go to Lucas here for a few minutes. I want to know what it was like getting traded, and I know, I know that you expected it right like we talked about it right at the beginning you expected that you were gonna get traded mm-hmm. but the team you guys had that year was pretty friggin' good guys yeah so to hear yeah you've been traded and then end up in spruce and maybe a little bit about spruce yeah the, no exactly and the like it doesn't matter how much you expect it like you your heart just drops like uh my best friend eric and uh, Tyler Coons, they were traded about 10 days earlier, uh, both to the BC. And then so we kind of lent and then Gord pulled uh, Lyndon and I in because they hadn't got a deal done and the trade deadline was the next day. And this was January 9th. And he pulls us in and we have a good hour long conversation about like, okay, well, we trade away two guys, but like, it's not too late. Like if we don't get a good deal that we want for you guys, like we're going to make a run for it. And so we got our, got our hopes up again. And then obviously... Uh, the next day Lyndon went to Brooks and I went to Spruce, went to Spruce Grove. So yeah. it was like, it was tough and there was a lot, a lot of tears and cause we like, we are still close with all those guys. And the worst part for me, um, 
was January 10th, Spruce Grove came to Lloyd Minster to play Lloyd Minster. So <laughs> I didn't even leave my house. I just went home. Like the coach called me. He's like, do you want to play? And I said, absolutely not. I did not want to play. Like I was, wasn't, wasn't really emotionally ready to be going to the away dressing and playing my team the very next day after I got traded. And he was like, well, we're really short. So you have to. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually no so I, was, I, so I just, I had the night to try and just mentally get ready for that. And, uh, so I, yeah, I woke up, like did what I usually do on a game day with my billet family. He like made pasta and then <laughs> just went, went, went to the rink and went to the rink and just walked right by our dressing room, right to the, to the visitor's dressing room. And that, like I, that game was a whole blur. Like I don't, I don't remember much of it at all. Like it was just like them just bombarding me with their systems. Cause Spruce Grove, like you can't say enough like that, that, that organization and, the coaching and the culture and everything like they like uh, I really learned a lot there about hockey and uh, and what it takes to win so they, they bombarded me with systems and all this kind of stuff and uh, the only thing I remember from the game is getting like a wide open backdoor pass and Devin like one of my other good friends the only one that didn't get traded as a 20 year old just robbing me backdoor so he still still this day doesn't let me live <laughs> that one down but we got we got him back later on in the season but we yeah we went we ended up winning the game and then uh, packed up my stuff, and a guy on the team drove with me back to Spruce Grove, and then uh, yeah, started my time out there. But it was uh, one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had, just not even leaving and just playing in Lloyd the next night. Like, yeah, yeah. But then you walk onto the Spruce Grove Saints. If you're gonna get traded to any one of two teams in the AJ right now, mm-hmm. it'd be Spruce Grove or the Brooks Bandits, yeah. right? Like, I mean. At least they didn't trade you to, I don't know, insert here. I don't want to put a team in there, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, bottom of the barrel, right? No, yeah. Sure, the yeah. Cleveland Browns. like mm, Exactly, yeah. They trade you to Spruce Grove, who is one of the favorites to win it that year. And, oh, wait, you guys go on and win it. Yeah. Well, when I got there, I think they were on like a like a six or seven game winning streak. And we ended up going on like a 20, 22 game winning streak when I was there. So I was like, oh, like this is, this is pretty easy. <laughs> and then we uh, – Ended up like just doing really well in playoffs and going on, and then who did we, you face in the finals that year? Uh, Brooks. It was so, Brooks. Yeah, Springs, that was, so that that was that's the that's another thing that was really weird. Like, like Lennon's one of my best friends, and so we we were talking, and Spru- game one was in Spruce Grove, so we went for they came up the night before, so we went for supper, and we're like. <laughs> We're just talking. Leave it on the ice, eh? and we're and we're just like, and 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 we know like Lyndon. Lyndon's a really competitive guy, and I I am too. So we're like, well, like, man, best of luck. But like, if, if we're not texting or texting each other like during the series, like, like it, no all, hard feelings, no like, hard feelings. Yeah. Like everything goes, and and we battled hard. Like we had some hard battles, hard competition, and obviously he he played phenomenal, and we were uh, fortunate enough to pull it out in Game Six in Brooks, and then. Uh, yeah, it was like it was a pretty emotional handshake with him and I there. Uh, in the end, uh, like obviously it's tough because you want to see your your buddy win and do be successful, but obviously not was, when you're playing on the other yeah. side. But, but not when not you're on the other buddy. side, you know. So yeah, no, it was it was a pretty amazing experience. And then we were just pretty. Our team was really banged up after that because that, that was still the ten, that wasn't the Doyle Cup then. That was the World. Uh, yeah, the Westerns, Western yeah, Canada. West, so well, we thank went, you, Western Canada yeah. Cup. I can never spit that out. Yeah, so we had to go to that a week later in Fort McMurray. So, like the celebration was short and quick, and then we had to kind of refocus. But 
we kind of just came down with like we had a, a flu bug go through our team right when we got there and then we had a couple of our key injuries um so we were really banged up going into western canada cup and we kind of struggled there and it was too bad we couldn't couldn't be more successful but uh overall like yeah you can't can't ask for a better situation for me like getting traded like it was tough but um going to spruce grove and learning a lot under jason mckee and uh mike ringrose so yeah it was amazing what is it what sets them apart i'm curious from you played for lloyd and then you you play for spruce grove like what is the biggest difference is it just talent is it coaching is it like as an organization they just have something yeah i'd say probably just a combination of all like they're they're scouting like they they're able to like when like i said like when lloyd would pass on young kids that from Lloyd Minster that would try out like Spruce Grove wouldn't be afraid to take those 16, 17 year olds. And, and oh, re- on, on your guys' team, didn't you have like three or four Lloyd yeah, guys that year? Yeah, we did. And then we had, a, we had a couple 16 year old, like Jordan Byro and uh, Matt Murray, like both of them very successful in the NCAA right now. Yeah. And um, like, yeah, we, we weren't, we weren't afraid. Like Matt Murray was a 16 year old goalie. He backs up to us to, to winning the AJHL championship. Like Spruce Grove wasn't afraid to take those young kids and develop them. But uh, I think coaching coaching was the biggest factor. Like I've never never had a coach like had such so many systems in place and like our practices were were NHL style. Like they were never longer than an hour. They were such high pace and quick. And he he just demanded the most. Like that I, I honestly think that that was my best hockey. Even though I wasn't maybe putting up the same amount of points I was in Lloyd or getting the same ice time. It was you kind of just were all tugging at the same rope and. Uh, you learned you learned a lot about like what it what it takes to win a championship and it didn't matter if you're on the first line or the fourth line the pk or power play everyone just was sacrificing and doing whatever it took to win and that was that was pretty much a big difference that's a fun thing to be a part of yeah yeah right why do you go to augustana so if for the listeners don't know lucas has been with augustana this will be your fifth year coming up correct yeah you betcha. and then austin you went to lakehead out in thunder bay and yep. you just finished this was your fifth year yeah just finished out what uh with so many junior guys they go south they go ncaa whether it's division three or division one mm-hmm. you guys stuck around uh well i mean you still you travel a little bit, but I mean, you went halfway across the country <laughs> yeah. and by you, I mean, Austin, like why was there options there or was it just like, this was the only team that was interested. I mean, by winning the AJ Lucas, I assume you had a couple different offers to go a couple different ways. What was your guys' mindset when you chose your selective route? Well, that Austin go is probably getting sick of hearing my voice. <laughs> 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 you At least you said it. Eh? <laughs> no, um, uh, no. Yeah. For me, um, yeah, I got a pretty successful 20-year-old a year, and uh, team-wise and personally, um, in Lloyd there. And um, yeah, come to the off season, I had I was talking to a few teams and um, had a handful of Division three offers, and you know I was kind of it was kind of always my goal to to um, to go D1 and especially at a junior A. So I had my my uh, sights set on that, and um, had a couple offers, not too good, and then. Um, uh, I was in serious talks with uh, Alabama Huntsville, and um, well, I guess for Division One. You want to know why I remember that? Because at pl- this time we were playing ball hockey. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah, 
And um, our heart-crushing defeat at Western. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's not bring fun. that up. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that yeah. before <laughs> yeah, this yeah. night's over. <laughs> but um, but no. So kind of at the time, or I was kind of down to either Alabama, Huntsville, or uh, Lakehead because I was in serious talks with them. And then actually, my older brother that I mentioned before, he was um, he just finished his first first year out there uh, playing goalie. So um, I thought that'd be a cool experience again. You know, meeting up again after we separated ways in midget AAA and. So I thought that was a cool option. Then uh, there's also talking to Alabama Huntsville, who was the coach seemed really interested in me. And through him and Gary talking, you know, it sounded like there's a lot of interest there. And um, but at the time there wasn't, uh, I guess the situation just kind of wasn't right where um, not all the scholarship money was there with uh, Alabama, and it uh, kind of came down to crunch time. And uh, I figured uh, Lakehead would be the best bet. Kind of did the old uh, pros and cons list and. Thought that'd be a cool experience, and so I committed to them, and uh, um, yeah, I guess I haven't looked back since. No and, kidding, yeah. yeah it's well, been... and Thunder Bay is a beautiful city. There's oh, it's great. Thunder Bay, right? Yeah, and that was my first time really being anywhere east of probably Winnipeg, so I just thought that'd be cool, you know, like in the States would be cool too, cause, you know, traveling around, but yeah. even this way, you get to see your own country even more. You Absolutely. Know, so, no, yeah. Our country is beautiful. Oh, it's yeah, unbelievable. Alabama, Huntsville would have been interesting. Yeah, yeah. that would have been cool, you know, going going to the rink in shorts every day. No but, kidding. Um, yeah, but yeah, so I guess kind of just made my decision there. And uh, I think it worked out for the best too because I was I kind of had all, always had my plan was to take engineering in school, and which I, which I did at Lakehead. And since uh, the Canadian universities allows for the five-year span, instead of only the four. And, yeah, we were talking about that. So if yeah. you're NCAA, you get to play your college hockey. You can play it in a five-year mm-hmm. span, but you only get four years of eligibility, whereas in Canada, you can play five years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, with that option, you know, I thought that was really cool with what my, uh, you know, academic goals were and going into engineering, and uh, I found that it paid off that way. So What uh, – I don't know enough about the CIS – like, where did you guys all play? Like, were you flying or were you busing? Yeah, so we were in the, the OUA, which okay. is just the Ontario U- University. Um, but we were split into the, the West and the East Division. Okay. So we were part of the West, but Thunder Bay being Pretty where much they is, are. Yeah. In the middle of nowhere, yeah. So we, it was and also a cool thing about being there is that we flew to all of our away games. So since the driving, I think it's like an 18-hour bus to Toronto normally. So we'd fly into the nearest center and then we'd bust from there to the, the the teams and local teams i guess and so that was a really cool part of it and which sometimes you know with the plane delays it kind of sucked that way but you know you kind of felt a little high rolling in that way and <laughs> flying all those games and and then it was cool because like just kind of seeing a part of like like the whole eastern canada you know we didn't make it out to the coast at all but because they were that they're in the aus but um yeah we i got played in montreal and in, you know in quebec and and all the big centers in in Ontario, which I'm, I'm pretty fortunate of. You know, it's like it's competitive hockey. But so you it's also, actually played in Quebec then too. Yeah, so you played Montreal, Quebec City. Um, Quebec City wasn't a part of it, but they had um, I think there's three teams. There's um, in Montreal, there's there's, there's McGill, McGill, there's yeah. Concordia, yeah, and then there's uh, Trois Rivières. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So there, man, U- that'd UQTR. be cool. Yeah, yeah. love hearing about that'd the different leagues and the different teams you get to play. Because I yeah. mean, being out west here, you never even think about it, right? Yeah, exactly. And it, well, it's since we're in the west division of that, like they're all in the east. So, like since our league's so big, I guess a twenty league or twenty team league, sorry, or division. So that um, like we don't always play the the teams in the east. So 
so we're pretty lucky if we make those trips and i was able to make a couple of those in my time so i was, was a, um i was talking to kyler hope uh i think it was last week and he was talking he's playing division one for Fairbanks. Yeah. yeah and their road trips and yeah, they leave for a insane. week at a time yeah yeah, yeah. Is it anything like that, or you guys just fly out on a Friday and you're back by Sunday night? Yeah, no, for us, it's yeah, it's exactly what you said. So we we just started uh, two years ago. We just implemented uh, we have a couple three game road trips to you know to minimize travel costs. Travel, yeah. And, yeah. If you're gonna fly over there, you might as well play as many games as you can. Which yeah, yeah it it uh, you know you need a day off of school. You know, or we leave that Thursday and then or yeah, leave Thursday morning, play Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But if we don't do those, yeah, it's just a Friday, Saturday weekend come back uh travel day sunday mm-hmm. and yeah but no yeah it's, it was a really cool experience and yeah, i'm glad i did it and you lucas yeah um obviously my 20 year old year we had a we were pretty successful so i was in talks with a couple different teams uh i like the acac cameras was really interested in me and then obviously grant McEwen was uh another team and nate as well and then um, I was I was always hoping to go Division One, but it just didn't really work out. Like Alabama Huntsville was, I was chatting with them for a little bit, but it just didn't seem like it was going to be a good fit. And uh, and then a couple Division Threes as well. And uh, my one of my best friends, Eric Terry, he ended up going to Concordia University down in the states, Division Three. And uh, him and I, him and I were living together in the summer. We were fencing together for my dad as a summer gig. So we were kind of talking back and forth. Like we both kind of wanted to go to the same spot. And, uh, at the time I was, at the time I wasn't really sure if I wanted to go to Concordia, like there was a lot more money and it was a lot farther away from home. And, uh, and cameras just as I, as I prolonged and couldn't make a decision as the summer went on, like cameras kept throwing more and more money. And then eventually it came, came forward that pretty much like I, like it was a lot of money that, like my parents wouldn't have to worry about school for me that much so I was really fortunate enough to like take that opportunity and uh Jeff Lorenz another guy from yep, Minster yep. was was really big and in, in influencing me to come out to Camrose and well and said I would love it and being from a small town and it was only close yeah, trip to my parents is a nice little spot mm-hmm. yeah and yeah and like I guess, I guess my, my parents have always been big supporters and love coming to watch hockey games and stuff like that so um it was really big that they were able just to come watch a lot of my hockey games with the past four years and stuff like that. Um, obviously, it would have been a really cool experience to go uh, to go south and see the states, but, um, yeah, cameras just made the most sense. I, I tried to go to Lakehead, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I well, could, yeah I, well, that year, I guess, yeah, yeah year 20, or, yeah, we committed Springer... Greener and Coonsy. Yeah, yeah so three, yeah. yeah, all three, all three of my other best friends, and then Austin was already out there, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. "Well, I like, what, what's you played four years out there too, or so five? He played years? two years, two years. Yeah, he um, so that's when he decided to head over overseas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah I was, that was cool. I was trying really hard, but they were kind of done all their recruiting at the time. But I was like, you know, let's just re, <laughs> let's just relive the Bobcat days yeah. out in uh, out in Lakehead. Just one more guy. It just uh, yeah, it didn't didn't really come to fruition so cameras it was and and i have no regrets cameras is a beautiful place and uh it's a small town and yeah it was, yeah. It was awesome so what's the most memorable memorable lesson you boys have learned thus far is, oh, there, is it is that a tough enough question for you yeah it's i don't know kind of tough but like i'm pretty simple one i guess for me would be like 
just never give up, you know, with, it's kind of a thing my parents have been preaching since day one, you know, with anything, with school, with hockey or any sports or, you know, uh, yeah, don't give up. Just try your hardest and, you know, it'll all work out eventually if, you know, you put in the time and the effort. And, and if you want it bad enough, you know, nothing's nothing's that hard. So mm-hmm. I think that's one thing I've been, yeah, one lesson I've really taken to heart. Yeah. Yeah. Like my, my parents have always preached the exact same thing. Like obviously growing up with four boys, you're – you become very competitive as a young kid and you kind of take that into adulthood and stuff like that. But I think I touched on it earlier. Just a quote my uncle had was, uh, don't sweat the small stuff and it's all small stuff. So like in the grand scheme of things, uh, like life's going to be unfair. Life's not going to, life's going to throw curveballs at you or you're not going to make that junior team or something like that. But you just gotta, you just gotta keep moving forward and, and be true to yourself and, and uh, believe in yourself, and if you believe on yourself, then I think you can achieve achieve pretty much anything you want. So, curious, what's the next for you, fellas? Now that you're done at Lakehead, are you going to play for the mighty Turtleford? Fire fire him back up. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, well, going, actually, he's going to Wahlberg to play against you. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, couple. as as that team can attest, I may be a little bit of a grumpy old man. I'm trying not to find this guy to play against. Uh, no, I had a couple offers. Uh, I guess yeah, for senior wise, but um, um, yeah, I'm actually um heading back out to Thunder Bay for um for some work, and I'll play some hockey out there, and so uh yeah, university hockey is probably the highest I'll I'll play, but uh. Have you ever had thoughts of going overseas? Yeah, I've, I've thought about it. It'd be, it'd be really cool, but just the situation right now, uh, I don't think it'd, it'd work out all that good, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's always kind of been a dream or an interest of mine. But For sure. You know, maybe not right now, but I guess maybe keep in shape with the senior hockey and <laughs> see what happens. Eh? <laughs> maybe hang on to it, but, but no, yeah. Um, and how about you, Lucas? You you still got a year left, right? Yeah, I got one more year left. How's, how's the team looking then? Um, we're looking, we're looking not bad. Uh, who's the, who's the powerhouse now? The, well, that, that's the thing that I, I probably hindsight 2020 Grant McEwen's won three championships in a row in a row. And I I could have went there <laughs> to school. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, maybe like that would have been a, a wiser choice, but you know hey. what? Like, uh, you got to live with what you, the choices you make. So I ended up in Northland college and I had the opportunity to go to St. Scholastic where my roommate Jordan Chong had went the year before. And uh, I'm a procrastinator. And I procrastinated my way out of getting to go there. And they went on to be nationally ranked, like, top 10 team in oh, the United gosh. States. Oh, I've heard even now they're, they're still competitive, uh, yeah. right? That they're same good. But, you know, in saying that, I shouldn't uh, say too many bad. Like, Northland's come a long way now. Like, mm-hmm. they're the guys there running that program have really turned it around. But, I mean, you can't argue with Saints Glasgow. They're they were freaking good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember yeah, the first I game I played on, I'm just like, ah. God damn. Right? Like, what yeah. did I do? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we all have. Only can tell the future. Yeah. Eh, but in saying that, hindsight you know what? There's going to be guys from Northland and my buddies are listening to this. And I, I made so many good friends. Oh, exactly. It was such a good yeah. fit for me going to Northland, right? Like, I still always, I tell the story, actually, and I should tell it now, is when I went, I went on a recruiting trip and I went to St. Scholastica first then Northland. And when I went to St. Scholastica, um, you could tell they were a very good program, like very good program, but it felt uncomfortable for me. Like oh, yeah. didn't get along, like got along with my roommate, Jordan Chong, who I went and sat with, but the rest of the guys, it just kind of felt cold. It felt a little, and then I went to Northland and, uh, well, the, the 
one of the guys I met the first night, Bull Strohs, like I stood up at his wedding. That no was way. on my that was on my recruiting trip that I met him. No right? way. Right? And yeah. it just I was supposed to leave. I, I hopped in my vehicle to leave and I was getting fuel. I was in a Mustang with probably summer tires on, you can imagine, <laughs> and a huge snowstorm rolled in, oh. like happens on Lake Superior. Yeah, and uh as I'm sitting there, I'm um getting ready to leave and the coach is like, You sure you want to drive? I'm like, No, I'll drive him. I'm good, right? I've had my recruiting trip. I'm supposed to go back to class that night, right? So I pull in I leave the campus, drive into the gas station, I'm sitting there, it starts snowing like it's snowing pretty bad, and I'm going, oh, this may be a dumb idea. It's about an hour and a half drive uh, an hour and twenty minute drive to get back. And as I'm sitting there contemplating, an ambulance goes screaming by. And I'm like, is that a sign? And then yep. a fire truck goes screaming by. Oh, I'm like, God. yeah, maybe I'll just turn around. So I turned around, called the coach. He's like, yeah, for sure. And proceed to go get drunk with Poster Rosic <laughs> yeah. and Adam Grecky. The and, boys. Oh, like, such good, like, that'd be a lot of fun to go play there. Yeah. I know they're not as national or uh, as good as the team that I'm you know, I went first, yeah. but the group of guys was mm-hmm. phenomenal. And now I stay in touch with all them guys. So maybe it happened for a reason, just like you going to Augustana, yeah. right? Like, oh, I mean, yeah. you never know. Yeah. And at the end, at the end of the day, you know, maybe sometimes it's not all about hockey, you know, like, like you said, you felt more comfortable there and, well, and you form those relationships. The first, like, the first girl I bump into at Northland becomes my wife. No. <laughs> and I gave her a cold shoulder. She'll, <laughs> <laughs> she was, yeah. she was a volleyball player on campus yeah. and I was, it's funny how things work, but I was supposed to uh, that all done by like, I don't know, let's call it two months before yeah. that. Right. And I, I had a, that's what I mean by procrastinating. I procrastinated to the last minute. By the time I got my paperwork in this class, like, yeah, like, no, you can't come here. <laughs> We're already full. And you're like, Oh uh, crap. That damn. sucks. All right. Well, I'll call Northland. If I can't go, whoop do you do? Right. Yeah. So I called them. Oh yeah. We'll get you in. Right. And so, <laughs> I did my paperwork and they had uh, under uh, lower classmen, upperclassmen dorm rooms, right? So I'm supposed to be in a lower. I'm, I'm a uh, freshman coming in. Yeah, I'm an overage freshman, I'm still a freshman. But all the lower class dorm rooms were full, so oh, I got no. put in the upper class dorm room, co-ed, <laughs> and I walk oh. in and <laughs> yeah. and and essentially two doors down from where my room was was. Well, little than I know, but my future wife, right? Yeah. We've been together now, uh, sorry, hon, oh. 12 years. <laughs> I think it's 12 years this Christmas. Been married now five years in August, and we are expecting our third kid in. Wow. It's yeah. funny how the world yeah, works, right? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. you think about if that didn't happen, you know. It's, no, that's awesome. So, we've been going now for a while. Yeah, people I, are probably not even listening. Oh, <laughs> people are listening. People love hearing that. You know, the funny thing is about it, is I try and cut it I, in the beginning. I tried cutting it off. Like, okay, we're going to do 45 minutes. Yeah. People got mad about that. So keep letting them talk. If you want to talk for, okay. So then we went to an hour. People got mad when I cut it off an hour. I went for two hours. People got mad that I cut it no off for two way. hours. Yeah. I went for two hours and 45 minutes with Dwayne Perrell at the one time. And we didn't even get to him being on the border Kings playing for the Allen cup. Yeah. I was just tired. I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm done. <laughs> And what people said was, well, you got to have him back on so you can finish. Like, yeah, I, and I'm like, too, yeah. yeah, that's right. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I thought I was tiring everybody out. But people, you know, I'm no different. I, lo- I love listening to Joe Rogan. I'm not saying I'm Joe Rogan by any means. Yeah. But when Joe Rogan gets a guy on and I see it's three hours, I'm like, you know, that's a good conversation. Yeah, right? exactly. Like he didn't yeah. just sit there and because if it's boring, he, he shuts it down, right? Yeah. So, it's got to be good things to talk about, right? That's so, right. Yeah. So 
I got one, two, three, four, five little questions. They're nice and simple. All right. Nothing too, too taxing. Pop quiz? Yeah, that's yeah. right. If tomorrow you could hit the easy button and you could go anywhere on the planet Earth, vacation, see a site, whatever you want, where would you go tomorrow? Oh, God. You're first, buddy. Oh, yeah, okay. sure. We'll fire up with Lucas. Um, That's a tough one. Like, I obviously would like to go all over Europe and stuff like that, but I think if I had to pick one spot in Europe, I think I could go to Italy for quite some time. I mean... They pretty much have it all there. Like they have phenomenal food and like the great like right along the ocean there. And then, or if you want to go inland, like they have some beautiful hikes and stuff like that in there. And I just like the culture there. I think would be really sweet. And hopefully, I'll make it over there one day. So mm. awesome. Okay, yeah. Italy for me. Yep. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of places I got my on my list, but I got a big one would be New Zealand. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. It would, it'd be Man pretty, of my own heart. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's I've oh yeah I've always thought that'd be pretty cool and had a couple friends go there too and made me even more jealous. So uh, yeah, just kind of the like the extreme sports you can do over there. You know, like the bungee jumping. Yeah. Like I want to do all that and and then just yeah, just the beaches and yeah. And know. no poisonous reptile. Yeah, exactly. Got it's everything of Australia yeah. has, but no poisonous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Oh, Snakes petrify me oh, i am oh, terrified i hate them yeah yeah um but hey uh, that's what you gotta do you just gotta go take a year off go back to thunder bay of work and then go play in the go play for the new zealand team in the australian league down there yeah. I'll, I'll, we'll go together maybe. there you go <laughs> get a plan yeah, yeah. next summer eh? chalk <laughs> us in best player you played with and against um i guess yeah i can go first here um Probably the best, like most skilled player I played with is um, Andrew Hammond. Is his name? He um, so he was a senior my first year of Lakehead, and yeah, he was just so skilled. Like he he played in the BCHL before, I guess Lakehead, and um, but yeah, just like the things he could do with the puck, like it was just it was crazy. Like he'd be just going like just skating down the middle of the ice, just put it through guys' legs, just like nothing. And like he's the type of player that like. If you needed someone to turn it up, you know, if we're down by a goal with a minute left, he would he would take it end to end, just no problem, and put it in. So he was, yeah, he's probably the best player I played with. And then against was also in my university career. Um, his name is Alex uh, Basso. So he played major junior out in, I think he was in the O, but he was a defenseman for Ryerson. And uh, he was just like a really smart defenseman, like skilled, smart move the puck and like he was just really deceptive like especially as a forward like coming at him on the four check or in the neutral zone like you'd try to take a swipe at him or he'd, he'd give you a head fake and just go right around you and and i've seen him unfortunately on our team score a goal like he just went end to end took a took a clapper for like top of circles and yeah i went right in so it's just yeah he was he was probably the toughest player <laughs> or the best player i played against yeah. so um that's yeah that's a that's a real tough one like i like I'm sure we both played with some phenomenal players. Like yeah. like I mentioned, like Jordan Byro and uh, like Parker McKay, uh, like Kale McCarr. I played against. I played against Kale um, McCarr's. He was fun to watch. Yeah, he's pretty good. He was a good player. Yeah, and like yeah, there's just so many guys that like even Kale Clegg. I think played a couple games with the Bobcats when yeah. he was younger. And Did he, he he was AP'd. Yeah, yeah he, he uh, played played a couple games. My last year. Yeah, yeah. That's when he was young. young so buck, like but. we we've been fortunate enough, and like Austin and I said, like we both played with Colby Cave for a bit, and 
you could tell from a young age that kid that kid had like what it took like mentally not just fit not just talent but like mentally like i remember going to like our little wind up and like was at a lake we were like 14 15 years old and all the guys are getting hammered drunk and colby's just like sitting there like yeah no like that's not for <laughs> me like he's got like bigger things in mind yeah. and stuff like that so yeah obviously I, I don't even know if i can pick one but like yeah all those guys phenomenal hockey players and uh fortunate enough to play with with and against a lot of them so if you guys you're both forwards if you could pick any two line mates to play with doesn't matter if they're active or not who would they be oh like like in past times it can be anything. It can, it, can, it, can be, it can be Crosby for all I care. Well, right? like, I'm I'm gonna bring it back to the the good old Bobcat days. <laughs> oh, here we <laughs> and go. I, it'll give a little little bump here over to Austin. Um, because I'd have been 19, and and Austin McDonald and Tanner Dunkel, they were kind of like our our horses up front, and they're they're producing a lot of the offense. And uh, I don't know what happened. I just kind of got fortunate enough to. There's an injury or something. And I got kind of bumped, <laughs> bumped up to that line and was able to play with that line for, for a bit of the season and uh, like played with them for the hockey day in Canada game. And I think I got like two secondary assists. I just give the puck to them and they just do go to work and <laughs> and play. So it was a lot of fun playing with those two. And like obviously Austin and I are still really good friends and me and Dunks as well. So it was just good to be able to play with your friends and play on a such a tight-knit team and just play with them and uh, we had a lot of fun together oh, yeah, some chemistry short-handed too maybe a bit so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> here and there <laughs> wow that's yeah thanks that's buddy. high yeah. honors yeah. man yeah, Jeez. There you go. yeah you know i was gonna say Sidney crosby and <laughs> connor mcdavid <laughs> no 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 yeah we did have some good times but yeah that's a i guess it's a pretty easy question if you ask with anybody in the nhl but like yeah, I don't McDavid's hard not to say, you know, or his speed is just insane. I'd say maybe like Patrick Kane and Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. That's not, yeah. I, I forgot about this now that I'm I'm hearing you guys talk. You guys got to play on Hockey Day in Canada when it was in Lloydminster. Yeah. 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 What was that experience like? Oh, it was cool. Like it was too bad. Like the the day was awesome and stuff. Like it was kind of like a week long like festivities and stuff. But, like we had games amongst that, so like, we were on the road for a couple. Remember? Yeah, we yeah we kind of like so like we didn't really get schedule, to catch much, you know. But like yeah, our schedule kind of didn't like we played like seven games and like that was like our seventh game in like ten days or something yeah. like that. Like we were on the end of a of a road trip. But like, but yeah, no, it was awesome. Like the day was it was really cool, mm-hmm. you know, with everything going on and and then having Ron McLean there and Don Cherry and. You know, we got to meet all. We got to meet both of them. Was that before? Was that before or after? Was, uh, after the game, we got our our jerseys signed yeah. and like, yeah, we had those custom Don Cherry jerseys. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. Cool. That's yeah. the picture I posted. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You had some, uh, oh, I had some flow. sick flow yeah. going. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah we was, all love the flow. That was crazy. Yeah, but um, no, it was really <laughs> cool to be a part of that and and you know just to talk to those guys and you know see the the ex NHL. You know NHL stars that that were in attendance too, like Darcy Tucker was there and yeah, Marty yeah. McSorley, and it was just kind of cool. And with everything going on, the cameras there, yeah. and and we won that night too, which made it even even yeah, more special. Awesome. So, yeah, that was definitely a highlight of my junior career. That was junior, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was. And it was probably the most packed I've ever seen the the rink oh, there. The and it was, center, so, yeah. it was so loud that like you couldn't even you couldn't even see like people were standing like 
three or four layers back. Yeah, like it was there's just, no standing room. They had they had the whole ring packed, and it was so loud. And yeah, it was a great atmosphere. Yeah, and it was cool. One of the coolest experiences for sure. Yeah. We play a game on here called sign one, trade one, buy one out. <laughs> and I'm excited. I was saying uh, earlier, get a lot of Oiler fans, as you can imagine. So I got to get creative. But we got a Colorado Avalanche fan in. Yeah. So I love this. Three new players that none of the listeners have heard yet. You got McKinnon, Rantanen, and Landeskog. Oh. I mean, I, I think we all know who you're keeping, but maybe not. Maybe you'll surprise me. Okay, so yeah, so you said keep one, trade one, buy one. You gotta one sign out. one. Yeah. Trade one, buy one out. Okay, well, I'm signing McKinnon. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You know, I was, you were talking about guys to play with. Yeah. I thought for sure the first yeah. name guy coming out of your mouth is yeah. McKinnon. He was no unbelievable oh in the playoffs. Yeah, he was so fun to watch. Yeah. Just so dynamic. Oh, like, it's it's ridiculous, like how quickly he can just turn it on. Yeah. yeah, I was oh fortunate enough to go to that game where he scored the OT winner in Calgary. Oh, really? Really? And Jesus. yeah, it was. It was. Where's like, my ticket? Yeah, sorry, bud. <laughs> yeah, you uh, can be on the line with me, but you can't have a ticket. Yeah, <laughs> what's up with that? <laughs> I, I, I went to the game with another one of my good friends. Uh, that's a big Colorado fan, and we were kind of in enemy territory. And after McKinnon scored the goal, he got shoved down like three levels from like a fan from behind and the, all the flames fan, like we got escorted out of the arena and all. It was like, I was sitting playing poker that night at the Deerfoot casino in Calgary. Oh no way. Yeah. It went pretty quiet. Pretty yeah. It quick. wasn't a very good vibe. In yeah. There. Yeah. We, we went out after on the red mile and it was a ghost town. Like Calgary flames fans are pretty sour on a Saturday night, I guess. So. <laughs> Anyway, so you signed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sign McKinnon. Now oh. you trade in Randon or Landeskog. Oh, I would say trade Randon. Yeah, you're especially because off of last year, you know, yeah, you're gonna get a boatload for him. Yeah, you? yeah, you're really good here, and then yeah, I guess buy out Landeskog. That's a tough one because he's a good leader, but yeah, you know, yeah, that's that's probably my pick. With Edmonton, we're gonna have a little fun with you. Koskinen, Dubnik, Talbot. Oh, I like that one actually. Um, Who is your number one goalie? That's what I want to know out of those three names. I like. I always believed kind of that Dubnik just was like had all the had all the talents and the tools to be successful, but it just Just wasn't his time. It just wasn't his time. So I mean, uh, you're about to sign Devin Dubnik. Is that was that what I'm hearing? No, you know what? Like he just never panned out with the Oilers, and that's just sometimes the way it goes with players. So. I probably would have, probably would have traded him. Probably would have bought out Talbot, and just got to stick with. Costin. You're gonna keep Costin. Oh, we got wow. no one else. We have no one else to go Some with. Bold now. move. That <laughs> is that is not what I saw coming. I, I believe in. The, I you believe the in the Oilers. The surprise I think I've had on this. <laughs> Hang on, fans. Yeah, we're gonna keep Costin. I'm a true fan here. I'm. Yeah, all I right. Believe in the team. Yeah. <laughs> watch, watch Koskinen get Vesna this year. Yeah. Be you heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> Koskinen, Koskinen gets the Vesna this year. <laughs> we're, we're. I'm taking you for beers. That's what we're doing. <laughs> at yeah. least. Yeah. Oh, at least, yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, boys. Thanks for hopping on and uh, joining me for an episode on the podcast. Yeah. Oh. Thanks a lot for having us. It was yeah. a good time. Yeah. Thanks a lot. It's pretty awesome what you're doing here and getting some local Lloyd people out and stuff like that and just hearing some cool stories. I mean, 
everyone's starting to get into podcasts, so just keep it up. You'll be famous soon one day. <laughs> if we get famous, I'll take you for beers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <a deal. laughs> All right, sounds good. Thanks. Hey, guys. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. I want to say thanks to Austin and Lucas for joining me for a couple hours. I had a lot of fun with those two boys. Um, next week, I have uh, two current pro players, actually, uh, Two guys over from playing in Europe, uh, Lyndon Springer and Kenny Morrison, are both uh, currently playing over in Europe. And uh, Kenny actually signed with Calgary, Calgary Flames for a little bit. We talk about that. And Lyndon Springer uh, played his junior A here in Lloydminster, got traded out to Brooks in his uh, last season and has been over in the British Elite League now. And so uh, we discuss all that uh, next week. So until then.